वेलकम टू फेमटेक इंडिया पॉडकास्ट वे वी डिस्कस फेमटेक इन वुमेन्स हेल्थ आई एम योर होस्ट नवनीत एंड टुडे वी गोइंग टू टॉक अबाउट हाउ मेडिकल कैनवस कैन बी यूज टू टैकल प्रॉब्लम्स रिलेटेड टू मेंस्ट्रुअल हेल्थ मूड स्विंग्स गट हेल्थ एंड मेंटल हेल्थ वी आर थ्रिल्ड टू फीचर स्टार्टअप दैट्स रीडिफाइनिंग द वे वुमेन्स अप्रोच कैनवस कंजम्पशन जॉइन मी एज आई हैव अ कॉन्वर्जेशन विद अभिषेक मोहन founder and ceo of hamstreet india's first and largest research to retail player in medical cannabis space hello abhishek welcome to femtech india podcast how are you doing today good good thanks for having me great thank you can you please tell us about your background and what motivated you into mixing ayurveda and medical cannabis in health sector was there was a specific anchor so uh, i've kind of been in the startup scene for 15 or 16 years now often on exposed to the healthcare sector i was also a co-founder of a incubator in india called technology nand labs mm-hmm. and inadvertently we were quite exposed to the healthcare sector we had you know a few startups like nirog street docrity hospitals these were all our incubator at our our uh, startup studio and i kind of had a front seat view to the healthcare issues that prevailed in india especially around chronic pain and some of my friends from israel and canada have started the early cannabis comp- uh, you know based med- medical cannabis companies uh, that have gone on to do pretty well so with that background we figured we could solve some of the mass ailments in india using cannabis and ayurveda is the legal conduit to provide uh, you know medication but as we explored ayurveda more we found out it had very advanced uh, formulations for very specific ailments i would say much more advanced than what we had seen elsewhere in the world amazing can you also please tell us all about cannabis you know and some of the therapeutic properties so i think cannabis if you look at it uh, as a as a whole uh, from the viewpoint of ayurveda right because if you look at north america which is the biggest market it's largely a recreational phenomenon so there's been a lot of deep research research into several components of of cannabis but if you look at it as a whole there are three main things it does one is absorption which it allows for the absorption via uh, ingestion it will be a kind of a carrier you know herb anti inflammation and it allows for uh, you know a reduction of anxiety which allows your immune system to function so now when you add to that several other adaptogens it allows the body to absorb and cure better so i think the primary function would be i would say chronic pain gut health but in ayurveda you add various other like ashwagandha or various yeah. other herbs to have much more functional use. also you were the first ever company in cannabis sector to win the prestigious barak grant right how was um, how has this grant helped you um expertise your vision to fight ailments so this grant was for a very specific project which was a transdermal patch to release cannabinoids into your bloodstream by a transdermal technology to be absolutely honest uh, the grant is very useful however given the resources that we have around r&d right now it has taken a little bit longer than expected so the grant is definitely a recognition of some you know to especially coming from the cannabis sector and we were the first company to win yeah it's definitely a recognition and opened a lot of doors for us but as far as the project is concerned i unfortunately it's a bit delayed but it is still cutting edge it is still something we're working to take to market globally So putting the benefit of cannabis through women's health you know lens and some of the potential benefits include post operative treatments like cancer care stress depression menstrual health and mood swings where do you see that convergence of medical cannabis and women's health further 
So, I mean, we find our origins in women's health. I think we found that to be the first ailment. See, for us, cannabis is secondary to the patient and the ailment. So we've tried to provide the best possible solution for the ailment. So menstrual cramps, dysmenorrhea, was one of was the first ailment we went after really strongly. And I think it affects about 85% of women. So I think definitely there is, in cancer, there are various other industry peers of mine working on you know, pain relief around cancer, appetite, you know, bringing back appetite because in chemo you lose appetite, uh, mm-hmm. uh, reduction of cancer burn. So there's several ancillary uses around cancer. Now, regarding curing cancer and stuff, I think the research is out there. I don't, I can't, I'm not an authority to comment on that. But on, on the ancillary use for pain relief, for appetite, uh, revival, things like that, yes, cannabis happens. And like I said, I mean, chronic pain, gut health, I, I think women's health, and menstrual health, uh, we started with dysmenorrhea. There's a lot of research around endometriosis because the female endocannabinoid system is different from the male because of the, uh, you know, the of, of reproduction and the, the, the way the women are built. Mm-hmm. So I think it is part of a larger requirement to have more R&D on women's health because most medicines are trialed for men or, or for white men, I would say. So I think now, considering women are so different, Cannabis is no different. I think we, we have to undertake more research. But my hunch is there's a tremendous contribution starting with chronic pain. Great. Also speaking about legal stand, right? In 2022, the central government, the Delhi High Court, and said that the medical use of cannabis is allowed in India, right? How did this open door to new therapeutic applications? So I think we've seen a lot of activity in the industry. We've seen a ton of new players entering the market because now they feel safer to operate in this business. Uh, We also see a lot of patients becoming more aware and saying, you know, asking about it. We see a lot of doctors now less afraid to prescribe. Mm -hmm. So definitely, I think uh, it is given a a certain degree of comfort because, I mean, otherwise the news you were hearing was this guy is caught with uh, marijuana, that guy's gone to jail. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they caught 100 kilos here, 5 kilos there, 5 grams here. So I think that was the news narrative. And now that people know that if you need it for medical purpose, there is an avenue to procure it, obviously, legally by a doctor. Yeah. And if you need it. So I think definitely it's been very positive. Great. That's good to know. Extending the same question, you know, um, the most countries have a different stand on uses of medical cannabis. What else do you anticipate in Indian market concerning the cannabis? So two things, like one, India is federally legal under Ayurveda, which is very rare. Very few countries around the world are federally legal. And India is one of them. Second is R&D is essentially, uh, the government has been doing R&D on cannabis. Uh, CSI has been doing R&D. So that R&D freedom is there. Now, the idea is how further can you take it in terms of product innovation? So I think that's, we kind of have to wait and see. And if we are doing some research projects ourselves, we're partnering with, some of the top people in Israel and, and uh, Slovenia and Australia. So we are definitely trying to bring what's best for the patients. Um, and given that we are a the pharmacy of the world, India produces one third of all the genetics of the world, which means we know how to manufacture. And uh, given that we're looking at more, uh, you know, uh, self-sufficiency in, in, uh, in medicines, uh, especially APIs, I think, I think it's... Uh, it's a very interesting time, really, for, for India and the medical cannabis space. No, absolutely, it is. Also, like speaking about the benefit, right, that research indicates that medical cannabis 
elevates condition of gut disorders, mental health problems and insomnia. Do you feel there is inherent gap among people on the therapeutic benefits of cannabis or to these issues? And if yes, and how do you how have been bringing awareness? So it took, I mean, we've been around for about four years now. So I think the first three years, two and a half years are just awareness. I mean, just getting the doctors. The doctors are quite aware mm-hmm. uh, of, of the medical benefits, especially in Ayurveda. They were just afraid to be because they thought it was illegal. Now that the doctors are become more aware, it's a matter of time. But I think if you look at four years ago and today, I think I would have been. I think ten times more people have come on board saying that you know I would like to explore, uh, you know, for my ailment, for my insomnia, for my anxiety. Uh, a lot of people have become aware of gut health because gut health yeah. is what we what we eat is what we are. I would say so. I think gut health and gut disorders affect fifteen twenty percent of the globe. Irritable bowel syndrome. We've had a product for that since the last year, one year, which has been quite successful. So, so yeah, I think people are becoming more aware of their well-being. Uh, doctors are becoming more aware of the legality, and I think those two are the main things, right? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And also, like in women's health landscape, your main focus is menstrual health. Do you also focus on menopause, and or you have a plans to enter that in in that market as well? So we've had patients that have used our a product menopause, especially to solve sleep disorders or to to deal with pain or to deal with depression. I think they they have. While we prime, so we are now doing a clinical, full blown clinical trial for uh, dysmenorrhea, mm-hmm. but menopause is definitely something we're looking at. Okay, great. But the only like it's people had a lot of not just stigma, like you know, we're talking about awareness that. lack of awareness and people not really aware that is that legal in india or no so i think that clears a lot of confusion here a lot of prescription products when it's dispensed by a doctor the patient has a lot more confidence right like when you get you know massive antibiotics very few people read what's on it but they just take it because the doctor has told you that's a trust level then when it makes you feel better you understand oh there's benefits of this so i think two, mm-hmm. those are the two key uh, uh, events that need to happen for this to become something that everybody will be comfortable with or something to be uh, you know something will become mainstream is that the doctor needs to prescribe i would say the first physically or or the doctor just you know needs to put his weight behind it the doctor needs to put his reputation behind it because patients trust the doctor yeah and the second is the patient needs to take it once to understand the medical benefit those two things have then show that it's going to happen again and again totally agree on that Also, like you know, we're talking about awareness, and could you differentiate how medical cannabis is different than recreational cannabis? So in India, it's very simple, right? So in India, most of our products are, are microdosed. They are made from leaf, not from the bud. And yeah, recreational, of course, it's the bud. It's smoked, it's ingested. Uh, I would say it's consu- it's self medication. I would say in a certain way. But what we have is dosed and medically dispensed. it doesn't it's it's uh, you say the supply chain is quite tight so you don't sell it to consumers it doesn't pilfer out yeah. and uh, if you and the concentration is quite low so if you have to get high from it you have to eat like a whole bag full of it and i don't think it makes sense yeah and also you have to take doctor consultation before buying the yes. product right yes. there's a process and and we have we have full control over the supply chain so we know exactly what has gone where so as a result you know we have full accountability great 
you're also fighting um mass ailments through medical cannabis how do you see this landscape evolving and what do you think will be the potential goal in terms of you know the overall landscape so i think one of the things i always encourage all my industry peers to do is to pick an ailment right i mean you want to see yourself like a vaccine provider you want to see somebody who champions a particular ailment so i think if you look at chronic pain if you look at uh, menstrual health if you look at uh, gut health and if you look at um, arthritis if you look at um, you know eczema all these things together you've got hundreds of millions of people if not billions around the world that need cure for these ailments so the key is that we need more players specializing in specific ailments and giving the best possible research products for the patient so i think i think the out, the addressable market is in in you know hundreds of millions i would say in india alone so the yeah. key is just to be able to get the pricing right to be able to get the products right to to get the solutions for those ailments so i think yeah the chances to become i mean look at pain relief by itself it's a multi billion dollar industry in india alone yeah so i think the idea is to become mainstream and i think it will so for that to happen trust among doctors benefits with patients those two things if that cycle keeps repeating i think it will become mainstream also how do you see that overall landscape evolving in femtech and what is femtech for you like overall women's so, health so i mean see i think it's just been such an imbalance of r&d around women's health and men's health and general health that has been gone on for so long i think uh, also the understanding that women are unique in their physiology in their construct and even their endocannabinoid the idea is research has to be more specialized again end of the day you have half the population of the world that does not have specific cures for their ailments i would say that's crazy right i mean it's yeah. it's not just from a you know ethical point of view where i think it's unfair uh, but from a business point of view you have an entire addressable market that needs like like dysmenorrhea for example menstrual cramps women have had it 85% of women have it at some point yeah. and sometimes it's so bad that you don't go to work mansplaining this to you but just think the research but and and still the products that they were using was i can't tell you the names because i'll probably get sued but it was pharma products that were mixed yeah. and match they were ruining your kidneys you got to take something for uh, you know you, you know just so many years and so many menstrual cycles and it's not specifically tailored to that ailment yeah. so we were like that's crazy so what we did that's why it grew tremendously today we've helped about 8 lakh women Yeah. uh with menstrual cramps so i think the idea is yeah every time there is so much specialization that needs to happen in women's health that by itself it's a massive market because it's so underserved no absolutely i remember growing up always there was my mom will say don't take this tablet because it has a side effect and if you don't take it you suffer with the pain so women don't deserve to go through that process right again and again and again and again and again for years like that's crazy <laughs> I mean yeah still people are not aware and I think that's what femtech is doing like empowering the overall industry and you know company like yours building solution for women right Absolutely and I think more people need to I mean it's it's just like why would you I this is a very simplified version of it why would you make all your dishes in a restaurant beef if, if 50% of your customers are vegetarian right so Yeah it just from a business point of view it just it's it's crazy I mean it was okay until now but you know even as a business if you you won't survive if you don't serve that market you won't you so so i think that it's it had to happen and i think it's great that it's happening great 
also you know you've been women's health landscape and you see how the industry is potentially growing and there are so many young founders they're building solution for women and overall uh, you know femtech right so is there any message or advice you would like to share with those founders well you know i can't claim to be an authority of femtech i think we've done well uh, in women's health yes and so i think it's by site association that i am i wouldn't call myself a femtech leader but uh, i think we've done well in femtech in 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 women's health i would say yeah. but uh, i would say like any other problem that you're trying to solve don't give up just keep going i mean uh, lord knows i've had my we ball had our ups and downs and uh, it hasn't been an easy journey but we got where we are we're going further from here uh, it is you will initially not receive a lot of support but i think now things are changing investment climate is changing and the market is huge so even if you're a pure businessman uh, it's still worth it to be in it and stick it out no absolutely thank you so much abhishek for joining me today it was wonderful having you thanks thanks for having me it was such a great insights on medical cannabis business both from micro and macro perspective special thanks to our listeners if you enjoyed this podcast please do share with others to spread awareness about femtech and women's health see you next time